This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 582. It's great to have your company once again. Thank you for joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. And while that show hasn't actually started yet, we got a chance to visit the stunning Sphere venue, the new landmark on the Strip. Samsung has confirmed the launch date for its S24 smartphone range, and Microsoft is going to add a new key to the Windows keyboard for the first time in 30 years. In the Tech Guy reviews, we get behind the wheel of the new MG4X Power EV. LG announces a new portable projector, and Belkin has unveiled its new wired and wireless charges. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I am here in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. The show hasn't actually started yet. Uh, tomorrow is press day, so that's when we're going to find out about all the new products and releases and various announcements. So it's going to be next week's show where I cover the bulk of that. Oh, there are a couple of things later in the show that have already been announced at CES. But I thought I would uh, take this opportunity to talk about uh, a stunning new landmark here in Vegas, and that's the Sphere. I had booked a ticket to see the to see Postcards from Earth, which is the new the new film by Darren Aronofsky, produced especially for the monumental Sphere screen. Now this is this has been four years in the making, and it's it costs more than three billion dollars to build. Now anyone who's familiar with Las Vegas, the sphere is actually just off the strip. The strip uh, where it comes by the Venetian and the Palazzo Casino resorts, it is actually tucked in behind the, those hotels. So it is off the strip. But once you see it, it's remarkable, and, and it's I'm sure you've seen it on social media, perhaps on television. But seeing it in person, it adds a whole new dimension to the scale and just the 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 sheer the sheer beauty of it. It, it is remarkable technology that they've they've created here. Now this is uh, it's since its opening, you two have had their latest concert tour, and that of course is accompanied by this amazing this visual display that takes advantage of the two hundred and seventy degree screen that wraps around the audience. And as I mentioned the other night, I went to see the Darren Aronofsky film Postcards from Earth, which was actually filmed in 16K resolution with purpose-built lenses and a camera to offer this incredible visual. So it is, it's very hard to capture the sheer scale of the sphere in a picture and especially inside the sphere as well just to see that the size screen that you're looking at on the outside though 
the screen, and it's often, there's often, I think when it first opened, there was like a, a face on it, an eyeball, it was a basketball. During the Formula One, it was a, it was an information uh, screen for the, for the race. And it, it just generally normally plays patterns and various other images or displays on the outside there. Now, the sphere itself is 111 metres tall and it is 157 metres wide. Now, the exterior LED screen has an area of 53,000 square metres. Now, just to sort of dive into the engineering behind this thing, I did a bit of research on the actual Sphere website, and it says that the engineering, the engineers use the laws of geodesic maths to construct the sphere, and it was constructed from hundreds of interlocking triangles to come up with that spherical shape and structure. And it is actually a world first. So it's when, when you get up close to it, you can really appreciate the work that went into it. And when you go inside as well, it is also marvelous. Uh, there's a few things on the inside that you see there's one, uh, there's like there's an AI robot that, that can actually engage with the audience, ask, uh, the qu- audience can ask questions and the the AI robot can answer as well. That was pretty, that was pretty interesting. There's also the opportunity to create a 360 degree avatar of yourself. So basically you step inside this circle of cameras and it takes a 360 degree image and then it, it actually puts that 360 degree image inside an animation that you get emailed to you uh, soon after. It's pretty remarkable. But it's only when you get inside the sphere itself, into the actual theatre or venue, whatever you want to call it, that you can just appreciate the size and scale of, of the actual, the actual theatre. There are 18,600 seats. That's the capacity. And it is very steeply raked seating as well because... The screen, if you and I was sitting dead center when I was watching the the film, the screen wraps all the way to to the edges of your eye line, so you actually have to look sideways to see the entire width of the screen. It also goes above your head, so it does give you. It's a two hundred and seventy degree screen that that actually has that can display. Would you believe this LED screen? 256 million colors, and the screen itself includes 167,000 hidden speakers. And the film, when as it starts, it's only taking up a very small part of the screen. And I was thinking to myself, please don't let it be just like this. Let's see the whole thing. And then eventually it opens up and you see these incredible vistas, mountain ranges, canyons, temples, you name it. It's, it feels like you're there. Uh, it, it takes you underwater in the middle of a school of fish and there's, there's jellyfish and it, it, it's a remarkable journey. It got a little bit political. It got a bit – it sort of implied the fact that man has destroyed Earth. It was sort of set in the future. Postcard from Earth is uh, this reminiscence of, of our of our planet. And it got a little bit political that, oh, you know, we ruined the the, the planet with climate change and, and – I thought to myself, okay, we didn't really need that. Let's just sort of enjoy the beauty of the of, of Earth. And so the whole point of it was that Earth returned to its its former beauty once man left left it behind. That was kind of the story. I don't want to spoil the story for you guys, but it's a fifty minute movie. Uh, 
and it's basically just a it's a it is as its name describes a postcard. You're seeing these incredible scenes. Now, just to give you an idea too of the size of the interior of the sphere, the it is so it's, it's from the outside. It's 110, 111 meters tall. Inside, it is tall enough to fit the Statue of Liberty. Can you believe? And uh, and as I said, the the seats are quite steep, so uh, it does so that most of the interior isn't seating. Like a third is seating, but then two thirds is the screen. Absolutely remarkable. And the film by Darren Aronofsky uh, is is very much built, of course, purpose-built to be shown on that huge screen. And as I said, it only goes for 50 minutes and includes locations around the world, including Australia. There was, I noticed in the credits, it said an Australian unit. There was like Indian unit, Thai unit. There was all places, but the Australian unit, I think there was a scene that had sort of the red sand of the Aussie desert. I'm pretty sure that was the bit that was shot in Australia, but it is absolutely remarkable there's there's scenes shot in uh, an opera house concert hall and there's the uh there, there is like flying through a mountain range and through plains and all these various areas it, it is absolutely stunning at one point i think you're even in the back of a car and uh, in space and seeing all this other stuff going on it, it is absolutely incredible well worth a visit if you are happening to happen to be coming to to las vegas I'm going to be back here in six weeks to watch Souths play. And apparently you too are holding some more concerts at Sphere. Prices of the tickets are huge. It's just so high. So the plum seats are $3,000. The cheapest ticket I've found is about $750 to $800 US dollars. And that's that's right up the back. But anyway, right up the back is actually a good seat because there's, because of the massive screen, there's no bad seat in the whole place. But yeah, that's it. The Sphere, if you are here, uh, definitely, if you are coming to Vegas, put it on your must-see list. It is absolutely incredible. If you want, we've done a full story about it too, and I've actually embedded my Instagram post too, which includes a couple of videos, so you can take a sneak peek inside. I actually snuck off a couple of videos during the movie. Not sure how legal that is, but anyway, it's on there. No one's no one's contacted me yet, but it just it showcases the actual the show and gives you some idea of what, what to expect. You can read more about that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, Samsung has announced that the S24 range of smartphones will be uh, announced at an event here in the US on January the 17th. Now, it is actually going to be early January 18 Australian time, 5 a.m. To, to be precise. And it's going to be an announcement of the S24, uh, as well as the S24 Plus and the S24 Ultra. And it does promise, they did a little teaser video on YouTube, it does promise the introduction of Galaxy AI. And we're seeing in here at the Consumer Electronics Show, AI is the absolute buzzword. Everything's got AI in it over here. Um, it is something going to be hearing a lot about. Samsung's range of TVs, which hasn't been announced yet, so can't really speak about it. But it is, I think AI is the, is the key word for that as well. So you've got to think of the Samsung ecosystem of products and how AI can be used. And of course, the S24 being the latest smartphone that can connect back to that ecosystem. Samsung's going to have quite a story to tell about not only CES, but also the S24 when it is announced at 5 a.m. on January the 18th. Now, what can we expect to see? 
Uh, in terms of screen sizes, I understand if, if the rumours are to be believed, the S24 is going to have a slightly larger 6.2-inch screen. The S24 Plus will have a slightly larger 6.7-inch screen, and by they've increased by 0.1 of an inch. But the S24 will retain its 6.8-inch display, same as the previous model. The only difference in terms of design... If you, if you believe the renders, the, the, they will have squarer edges, a little bit like the iPhone. And the S24 Ultra will also have a titanium frame, while the S24 and S24 Plus will stay with their aluminium frames. But slightly flatter edges is what we're hearing about the new design. New colours too. You can expect titanium black, titanium grey, titanium violet, and titanium yellow. The new S24 lineup will be powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8th generation processor. Some regions around the world, and this has been controversial, some regions will not have the Snapdragon chip. They will have the Exynos chip, which really pales in comparison to the Snapdragon. Snapdragon is much snappier, for want of a better word. It is much faster. And I'm not sure why Samsung chooses to delineate to, to, to differentiate between regions with the with the chip didn't I thought the deal with Snapdragon would have been with Qualcomm would have been pretty big and they would have given Snapdragon to all now camera wise the S24 Ultra uh, is expected to have a 12 megapixel ultra wide 200 megapixel wide 10 megapixel and 50 megapixel zoom lenses as well as well as a 23 megapixel front facing camera. The S24 and S24 Plus will have 50 megapixel main cameras which can now which will now be able to shoot 8K video and they'll have 30x zoom and telephoto lenses with 2x and 3x capabilities. Now AI, as I mentioned, is going to be one of the biggest features. Galaxy AI, Samsung's already named it. It's going to offer features we understand to be real-time translation with support for up to 12 languages. Generative AI that will actually, a little bit like the Pixel phones, can, can be like the magic eraser, get rid of stuff in your photos and videos and make video editing even easier. It will also, I understand Samsung may be partnering with uh, a, a prob probably Google when it comes to the actual back end of the AI system. So it'll result in even more in-depth web searches as well. Uh, a rumoured feature is emergency satellite connectivity as well. This is very much like Apple's emergency SOS via satellite, which uh, Apple introduced on the iPhone 14. So expect that. If you're outside of cellular range and you get in trouble, if you're a Samsung S24 user, you'll be able to link to a satellite and perhaps send a message or maybe even make a phone call. We're not, we're not sure what that will be. Now, the range will be available to pre-order from that day, so January the 18th, and it'll go on sale most likely in early February. Now, I uh, it was it's unusual for the, these events to be so close together. CES finishes on Jan 12, and the... Less than a week later, Samsung, in San Jose of all places, they're going to launch this right in Apple's backyard. Uh, they're going to launch the, this new S24 range. 
And so that'll be taking place. I'm not attending the Samsung launch. I'm deciding I need to be home. I, I mentioned in the last show, my father passed away late last year and I, I really need to be home to uh, to sort of to take control of and uh, look after some affairs for the family. So I told Samsung I politely declined extending my stay in the US. Uh, I think I need to be home. So I will I will be though covering it as if I'm there. So keep an eye on Tech Guide for all that. If you want to take a look at some renders too, we we included some renders from Smart Smart Picks. So they uh, Smart Pricks so Pricks as in P R I Grand Prix I should say, the P R I X as in Grand Prix Smart Pre and On Leaks. They partnered to produce the renders of the devices. They're the photos that we've run on Tech Guide. Uh, and uh, there you can take a look at those if you want to check it out for yourself at techguide.com.au. Now, wouldn't you believe it? Microsoft is adding a key to the Windows 11 keyboard. Not any old key, but a dedicated co-pilot key. This is significant because it's the first time Microsoft has made a major change to a PC keyboard in almost 30 years. Now, I think it's pretty good reason why Microsoft says 2024 is going to be the year of the AI PC. I was actually in New York last year uh, when they announced Copilot officially for Windows 11. And... This is an, an absolute game changer for Windows customers, Windows users. It really does change up things, makes things much easier for, for users, uh, adds efficiency to your workflow so you can create and edit content, summarize documents, uh, summarize your unread emails, compose letters and responses, and much more. It, and it's aptly named too. I love the name Copilot. It's sort of by, there by your side. So having a dedicated key makes a lot of sense. And when you hit this key, of course, it'll invoke the co-pilot in Windows experience. And so you can then engage with whatever you need it to do for you, whether it's to summarize things, create a document that, to help me plan a, an event. Uh, all these things can help me create a reply to an email, turning down a job offer, all these, these capabilities that it now brings to the table. And it is a major part of Windows 11. Uh, so much so that I'm thinking really, really Apple will really need to to pull up their socks a bit when it comes to the next version of Mac OS because AI really is not re is non-existent in Mac OS at this point unless you're using Chat GPT on a browser, but it's not embedded as it is with Windows. And the the fact that they've decided that it is so big uh, a thing for them that they're adding another key to the keyboard first time in three decades, that speaks volumes. Now, what we're going to see here at the Consumer Electronics Show are new Windows 11 PCs with uh, from the ecosystem partners, so the OEMs like yeah, HP and Dell and all these companies that create Windows PCs. We're going to see Lenovo, all those companies, Asus, Acer. We're going to see for the first time these latest wave of PCs and laptops that are going to have that co-pilot key. That, that's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those here. There's a few of them uh, that, that I'm sure are going to be on display here. But it's a big deal if you're a Windows uh, 11 user and you're into Copilot uh, with a dedicated key. You can't help. You can't not be into Copilot because they're really pushing their users towards it, and rightly so. It is a remarkable technology, uh, so useful as well 
for for those customers. So uh, good on those guys. Keep an eye on Tech Guide. We are going to be writing about those new uh, PCs. But in the meantime, you can read our full report about the new co-pilot key at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and it's time to ensure you have some peace of mind with your identity. Don't give cyber criminals a chance to hack into your accounts or steal your private information. Help keep your private information private by limiting what you share online as well as having a cyber safety plan to help protect your valuable information. Norton Identity Advisor comes with identity restoration support so if the unimaginable happens and you discover your identity is being used without your knowledge then the Norton Restoration Agents can step in and help you resolve your case from start to finish. With Norton you have peace of mind knowing that they are always on the lookout with dark web monitoring and social media monitoring to help keep your identity safe from cyber criminals looking to illegally trade your details or make transactions in your name without your knowledge. Norton Identity Advisor is available today from Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi and online at au.norton.com. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week is an EV, the MG4X Power, to be precise. This is a, a the it's based on the MG4 platform. So uh, MG has a range of cars, uh, EVs in this range that look like the similar body shape, but there are added features and luxuries to this new X Power model. It is. It is more expensive. The entry-level model is about $38,990. This is priced at $59,990 because it does have those added luxuries. Uh, I think slightly better seats, uh, some exterior features as well. But also, performance-wise, it can go 0 to 100 in just 3.8 seconds. That, that's, that's Tesla speed. And uh, it's coming out of this uh, nice little five-door hatch, uh, the MG4X Power. This is the company's most powerful production ever. So it is uh, It is remarkable. MG has, I reckon they're doing a great job in really making, staking their claim in the EV market. They're, they're giving drivers these attractive and powerful and dynamic vehicles at a range of prices. Whether you want, whether you want performance or range or both, uh, you do have choices and, and even battery capacities, all of those things. They make slight differences in terms of the feature set and the pricing, but the shape of the car mainly remains the same. It's what's under the hood, so to speak, that is the difference between these different price models as well. In this particular model, the X-Power, it's got 32, 320 kilowatts of power and up to 600 Nm torque. And that puts the MG4 X-Power in pretty solid company when you compare it to, say, Teslas and other high-performance EVs, but at a very much more competitive price. It's got a 64-kilowatt-hour battery and a range of about 400 kilometres. But 
I hear people, one of the things people have a little bit of anxiety about when it comes to EVs, and that is range. And say I'm on a, they say, say I'm on a long trip, I need to charge the car. Well, of course you get, there's charges everywhere, especially on those, on those highways and the, the, uh, if you're driving up the coast and around the place. They, the charges are getting much better, much faster. And battery technology is also improving as well. So if you decided to stop off, say you can, the car itself can charge at up to 140 kilowatts. So the higher the kilowatt, the faster it can charge. So at, it, can, it can handle up to 140 kilowatts, which means it can go from 10% to 80% if you're using, say, a 150 kilowatt fast DC rapid charger. It can go from 10% to 80% in just 26 minutes. That's not long at all. A lot of people are under the impression that it takes hours to charge an EV. And it does if you're at home on your low kilowatt charger. Like mostly at home, like at my place, I've got an 11 kilowatt charger. So for me to charge my car, if my car, um, I've got the EQE 350 with a 91 kilowatt battery. If I was to charge that from 20% to 90%, it'd take six hours. And it's an overnight thing. So I do have the luxury of plugging in overnight and doing that. But on the road, you want a faster charge. And that's why all these faster charges are there. So at home, you, you don't have the capacity to have a real a rapid DC charger, which is why it is slightly slower. The, I think you can get 11 kilowatts. Sometimes some cars can do 22 kilowatt, 32 kilowatt in your driveway. But on these journeys with these fast charges, 26 minutes, 10% to 80%. That means you plug in, you go line up for a coffee or a sandwich or something, by the time you've done that, eaten it, drunk the coffee, it's time to go. It's time to unplug and let someone else use the charger and off you go. Now, let's talk design. The MG4 X-Power has some subtle improvements. It's got the two-tone black roof. It's got the orange brake calipers, which I really like. 18-inch five-spoke alloy wheels. Uh, also has LED DRL headlights and taillights. And we drove the car for a week. There was uh, The car we drove was black, which looked nice. But I think the new color, the colors to get with this one, the orange uh, was, was a standout for us. But also there's a new green color called Hunter Green. Very smart. There's a picture of it on Tech Guide. Very smart green colors. Isn't it funny how some cars, the, the, the color suits that particular car? Like the orange MG4 looks amazing. You could never imagine a Mercedes-Benz, an orange Mercedes-Benz, or an Audi. The Hunter Green MG4, again, amazing. But you couldn't imagine an Audi or a, a BMW in that color. I don't know. Different colors have different characteristics, I guess. But this is a car with not only great looks, great range, but also a lot of safety features as well. Uh, it does have the it does have CarPlay with a there's a 10.25 inch main touchscreen and a little seven inch digital cluster in front of the driver. So CarPlay, Android Auto has a USB A port with a cable, so it's not wireless uh, CarPlay unfortunately. Uh, it does it does have a wireless charger for your phone, a 15 watt charger. There's a little shelf below the screen. It's got a non slip pad, so when you flip your phone, then it's not going to slide around. Um, and I found, though, here's the thing. I found charging my iPhone 15 Pro Max with uh, the 15-watt charger. I often took the phone off the charger, and the phone is a little bit warm. I find that with my Mercedes, too. My Mercedes has got wireless CarPlay and wireless charging, and I find that it's a little hot to touch when I take it off the wireless charger. I don't know. I asked a guy in an Apple store here in Vegas, and he said, yeah, that's, that's normal. Uh, the phone knows to back off if it's getting too hot. 
But this was decently hot, and it, had, it was in a case even. He said, oh, that case can contribute to that heat. So I'm thinking, well, I think uh, Apple know what they're doing, but it was just a little surprisingly warm, but it did cool down a bit. Now, uh, the safety features I mentioned, uh, has uh, the MG4 has dynamic cornering control system. It's got an intelligent motor control as well, so it handles the torque vectoring between all different wheels, so that you always have maximum traction no matter the driving conditions. And of course, on board is MG Pilot, which offers a range of safety features, which for the price here, you find these sort of safety features on much more expensive vehicles. So it's got active emergency braking. So if you're about to back out into traffic, it'll pull up. Uh, it's got pedestrian and bicycle detection, adaptive cruise control with traffic jam assist, intelligent speed limit with traffic sign recognition, lane keep assist with lane departure warning, driver attention alert and intelligent high beam assist all pretty cool it also has a 360 degree camera really helps with parking so it shows exactly what's around you so you can make an accurate park and uh, do it a lot quicker audio wise six speaker audio system which sounded pretty cool actually not too bad sounded great when you were listening to music if you're on a phone call very clear as well plenty of space too it's got a 363 liter uh, boot and if the, that's with the back seats up Drop the back seats down. That space increases to 1,165 litres. Plenty of room. You'd have to drop the seats to fit in the golf clubs and the golf buggy. That's what I had to do. So, uh, look, all round, this is, if you're thinking of an EV, MG's got a stunning range here. So there's, there's certain to be one to suit you. Could be this one, the XMG4 X-Power, $59,999 plus on-road costs. So uh, it is a, a nice, cool little vehicle. And if you want to check it out, we've got our story and pictures at techguide.com.au. Now, one of the products we are going to see here at the Consumer Electronics Show is from LG. They announced this last week. Uh, they sort of was a pre-announcement. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it on the stand. It's the new Cinebeam Cube Lifestyle Projector. Basically, it's a portable projector. It's got a handle on it and everything. Similar to the Freestyle that Samsung, they really dominated CES here a couple of years ago when they first announced that. But this is in a, in a similar style. It's designed to be a real, like carry it room to room, can be easy to easy to set up. It's got a handle so you can easily carry it. Can have up to 120 inch screen size, uh, 4K resolution too, which the Freestyle doesn't have. The Freestyle's HD, the from Samsung, 4K UHD resolution, uh, up to 120 inch display. So you just beam it up on a wall or on the ceiling. It has an RGB laser light source. So it gives you really impressive sharp images, 450,000 to 1 contrast ratio, and a 154% coverage of the DCI P3 color gamut. In other words, accurate color. Now, the LG Cinebeam Cube, it's spelt with a Q, Q-U-B-E. I, I, yeah, they, they really have a lend of us with these spellings, but uh, that's them, Cube with a Q. Uh, your movies and content looks pretty cool with, with this sort of uh, resolution and color accuracy. Uh, and it also easy to set up thanks to the auto screen adjustment. So it focuses the image and then optimizes the image placement. So it does a bit of keystone correction. So if it's sort of at an angle, it'll bounce the screen and make it square, square it up for you without having to go into the settings at all. Uh, it's also running WebOS 6.0. So 
it looks like the similar operating system you get with a normal LG TV. So you get all your streaming services, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Prime Video, YouTube, all the bells and whistles there. And uh, yeah, it, it is going to be, it's going to be announced here at CES. No word on when it's going to be available in market. Also no word on the price. Uh, it's going to have, it's, the screen size is from 50 inches, the smallest, 120 inches. So if you put the screen, put the projector a bit further back from the wall, makes a bigger picture. Weighs just 1.49 kilos as well. Very light, very easy to set up. It does have a, it does have a, a HDMI with an EARC port as well. So if you want to connect it to a speaker or a soundbar, you can do that also. It has a USB Type-C uh, port as well, so you might want to play some content off your USB. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to trying out this one. I, I do I do love the the portability and the simplicity of this product. Really does uh, live up to that promise of turning any room into a cinema. If you want to check it out for yourself, you can do that. It's at techguide.com.au. Now, another CES announcement. I actually saw these uh, at the CES Unveiled show, which is sort of the the pre-show for CES. Uh, tune into our next Two Blokes Talking Tech uh, show. Trevor and I, we both attended CES Unveiled. So listen to that show. I think it's going to be 6.15.1 from memory. We have covered in that show all of the new and quirky products we saw at Unveiled. One of them at Unveiled, not quirky, but new, uh, at Unveiled was Belkin. Belkin have their new range of wired and wireless charging products. They had their Boost Charge Pro 3-in-1 magnetic stand. So this can charge your phone, your watch, and your earphones case. And it does include now an adjustable hinge so the smartphone can be positioned whether you want to be watching content, you're on a video call, uh, it does offer you that flexibility, and it does also contain the new Q, the the Qi two standard. So Qi is spelled QI. The the Qi two standard, which offers faster and more reliable wireless charging. So uh, that is one to look out for. It's going to be priced at two hundred and twenty nine ninety five. Goes on sale in March in Australia. The other uh, magnetic, uh, the other product they had was the Boost Charge Pro magnetic power bank. So this is. There, the it's a portable battery with MagSafe. So rather than having to worry about the cables, this just attaches to the back of your phone, and you can still carry your phone around. It also has a little kickstand. So if you want to have your phone facing you, watching content, video call, you can do that as well while it's still charging. Very handy. Uh, it is also uh, works with magnetic cases and MagSafe cases up to three three millimeters thick. Uh, and you can also charge the battery and your phone at the same time. So it has that power pass-through. Now, all the Belkin products, they do are using a, quite a high amount of PCR. That's post-consumer recycled plastic. That's really become uh, a goal for the company to, to reduce their, their footprint on the environment, so to increase their sustainability. The, the power bank, the magnetic power bank, is, is made of 72% PCR material. Uh, and the the stand that I mentioned earlier, the three in one, that's made from seventy five percent post consumer recycled materials as well. 
Now, not only are there wireless chargers, but they're also the GAN, the gallium nitride chargers. Uh, the, there's a four-port USB GAN charger, 200-watt charger. So you think about this, right? Four USB-C ports, $189.95. The, the battery, by the way, is $99.95 for the 5,000 milliamp hour, $119.95 for the 8,000 milliamp hour, $149.95 for the 10,000 milliamp hour battery. That's for the Pro Magnetic Power Bank. The Gallium, the, Ga, the GAN charger, 200 watt, four port USB C, $189.95. And with 200 watts of power, you can actually fire up four devices, including a laptop. It's got enough output to, fire, to charge your laptop. So what I find is the advantage of GAN is that the gallium nitride is the fact that it can offer the same kind of power output, high power to charge laptops, but it's a much smaller form factor. Like the brick to charge this MacBook Pro 16-inch that i got right here, it's huge. But I can power it, though, from a gallium, a GAN charger that's half the size, and does the same job. So this is ideal for travellers too. So with the four ports, you can charge your laptop, phone, camera, uh, tablet, any USB USB powered device, uh, drone, whatever you happen to need charging, and it, it, it all it, it's all in one unit. Definitely worth it. it, it it's the unit itself weighs six hundred and fifty grams, ninety two millimeters by one hundred and eighteen millimeters. So it's it, you can it's an ideal travel companion, I reckon. Uh, and it is uh, made from 72% PCR as well. goes on, on sale in Australia in the coming weeks, uh, this new charger. And if you want to check it out, the Belkin Charging Range, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. We were just talking about the Belkin products, the, the wired and wireless chargers. But they also have a lot of MagSafe products, USB-C hubs, uh, screen protectors, quite a range of accessories. It's been around 40 years, Belkin. Well worth a look. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Had an interesting call on the radio the other day about an iPhone. And the fact that the iPhone, the the speaker, when the this woman was on a phone call, she kept saying the volume would just slowly fade down. Now, at one point, I thought, well, the only way, a lot of people don't know that the only way to adjust the volume of your phone call is during a phone call. So if you are saying, oh, no, they, they, I can't hear them very well, when you're on a call, press the up volume button, it'll make it louder. 
and that'll that'll keep that level for your next phone call. And I initially thought it might have been that that you, you may not have turned up the volume high enough, and, and it's really sort of sounds like it's dropping away. The other theory that I had was that the case on the phone might have been pressing on the down volume button. It might be might be might maybe an ill-fitting case or something, so it is actually slowly turning the volume down. The woman uh, said that, no, that was she changed cases, took the case off it, it still did it. Uh, she said, no, the volume, I've turned the volume up. And so my conclusion was it must be a hardware issue. And it was a, an iPhone 14, which should still be under warranty. Very frustrating when, and I think she even said that the, the speaker volume, so the volume of the call would drop, would go so low that she has to hang up and ring that person back to maintain, to get that volume back. That has to be a hardware issue. But if any of you have heard about that or experienced it yourself, we'd love to hear from you. So send us, a, send us an email about it. But my advice was, look, take it back to Apple. Uh, make sure you back up all your stuff because they'll probably give you a replacement device or take yours to repair it and you don't want to risk them losing all your stuff. So uh, back it up. Take it to an Apple store. That, I reckon, is your best bet. And that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for hanging around till the end. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about, of course, you can check it all out at techguide.com.au. And please get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. Info at techguide.com.au is our email address. Or even easier, click on the Ask Stephen icon, which uh, features the Belkin logo there. You can That, that will create a, an email directly into my inbox. We want to also give a special shout out to our major sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that keeps you, your family, and your devices safe online. Please support the great sponsors, Netgear and Norton, who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. I'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 